series on the greatest sermon ever preached, and we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. We spent the last few weeks looking at the Lord's Prayer, or what's been termed as the Lord's Prayer, uh, and we've been looking at um, almost verse by verse for the last few weeks about our relationship with God, um, about our responsibility as believers, about our repentance, about our reliance, about our rejoicing. Uh, and the Lord, if you remember the Sermon on the Mount, the first part of the sermon talked about our behavior as believers. Now we're looking at the motive behind what we do. And the three most important things to Jewish people were almsgiving, praying, and fasting. And what the Lord is looking at now are those things, the motive behind almsgiving, the motive behind praying, the motive behind fasting. Why do we do what we do? And the Pharisees did it so they could be noticed. And that's why the Lord said, look, when, when you pray, pray in secret, go to your closet. But the Pharisees wanted everybody to know that they were praying. The Lord said, when you give, don't let let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. What he's saying is, is you don't have to make a song and dance about it. But the Pharisees wanted everybody to know. It's like saving up your coins for the whole month. And then instead of putting a note in the the loud metal offering boxes in the foyer, you stick all your coins in so everybody can go, look at them, they're so super spiritual. Look how much they're putting in. That's basically what the Pharisees would do. They would put all of their coins in and they'd make a big show about it. And the Lord is saying, look, you don't need to tell everybody what you're doing because God sees the heart. God knows the motive behind what we do. And the Lord now comes to the area of fasting. And I think fasting is probably... Well, let me ask you this question. How many of you at some point... I've heard about intermittent fasting, or you've heard somebody was on intermittent fasting. Okay, so tonight we're going to have some fast facts about fasting. We're going to see, oh, that's cool. I, I, I tell you what, if they started playing video games, then they'd be in trouble. <laughs> Candy Crush came up on there, they'd be, they'd be heads rolling. Um, right, what was I saying? Fasting. Yeah, so we're going to look at tonight some fast facts about fasting. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16 says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for that they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father uh, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you again for this time together tonight and for the opportunity uh, to be able to come around your word. Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight, Lord, and help us to understand the, the purpose and the blessing and the benefit of fasting, Lord. We don't do it to make ourselves look super spiritual so others might look on us and recognize that we are some kind of super saint. Uh, It's to be done in a specific way that glorifies and honors you. So, Lord, we pray that everything we do as our walk as believers would only ever have the goal of glorifying you and not pointing towards ourselves. So, Father, we pray for every single person gathered in this place today, for all of those watching online tonight, Lord. We pray that you would meet needs, 
that you would lift burdens, whatever has been carried in here tonight, Lord. I pray that you would just meet every single person where they're at, Lord, and speak to their hearts. I pray that if there's somebody here tonight or watching online that has never trusted Christ as their Savior, then I pray tonight would be the night that their name would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that they would have their sins forgiven and they would have that promise of a home in heaven. So, Father, we just ask that your will would be done here tonight, Lord, and that we would be able to say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We pray and ask all of these things in Christ's most wonderful name. Amen. So the first thing uh, we're going to look at is the activity of fasting, the activities. Jesus said in verse 16, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say they have their reward. We hear about people fasting uh, in the verses of the Bible. Uh, quite often, uh, and normally fasting and praying in the scripture goes together. But what is fasting? Today we hear about intermittent fasting. That's the new fire. Now, let me ask you this question. Now. Let's go through these things. How many of you have ever been on the Atkins diet? How many of you have ever heard of the Atkins diet? That was all the phrase. What about the British Heart Foundation diet? Where you could only eat stuff like, I think it was soup and black coffee. And it was like designed for you to lose weight quickly to, to kind of before you had any surgeries or anything. Uh, now fasting and, and keto and all of that is, a, is the thing. And we kind of have a, a skewed view then of what fasting is. So is fasting just giving up a meal? Uh, as good as fasting and dieting may be, that's not what the Bible is speaking about when it talks of fasting. Biblical fasting is not abstaining from food for a physical purpose. It's not abstaining from food, even because, you know, today now everybody's intolerant to everything. You know, people have got lactose intolerant, or people are intolerant to gluten, or people are intolerant um, to their spouse. Or people, people are intolerant to a whole host of things. There's peanut allergies, and, you know, it was like Hannah was, it got to that point where she said, oh, I, I, I'm petrified just in case Lily doesn't like peanut butter. Like, why? Because she said, if she got an allergic, you know, because you can be really, really allergic to peanuts. And she said, if she's allergic to peanut butter, and I can't have peanut butter in the house, that'd kind of like be the end of the world. But people are allergic to a whole host of things. But fasting is not about abstaining from foods because of illness or because of fitness. Um, it's not abstaining from food because you feel sick or you don't feel like eating. Uh, biblical fasting is basically abstaining from food for a period of time for spiritual reasons. Um, it's not because you're sick or because you're trying to eat healthy. The purpose for not eating food is to use that time that you would normally spend on a meal um, on spiritual matters. To say, right, instead of feeding on physical food, now I'm going to feed on spiritual food. Uh, you, you ever had that point where you get hungry and your stomach just tells you? I mean, you can tell at a certain point in the service on a Sunday morning, you can tell there's a few people hungry in the church. More than mobile phones going off, you can suddenly hear that grumble start there. I'm, I almost point over there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it came from over there this morning. But you can start to hear that grumble. And when we are hungry, our stomach tells us we're hungry. 
But when we're fasting, what happens then is, is when our body says, hey, I think it's about time you started eating, it's kind of a reminder to say, oh yeah, I am hungry, but instead of going for food, I'm going to pray. You know, maybe we go through the day and we don't even consider praying before the Lord. We're to pray without ceasing, but when you are constantly hungry because you've given up a meal for a period of time, when you then are fasting and your body tells you that you're hungry, you are reminded to pray almost all the time. We often fail to understand God's word as, we, as fully as we should simply because we don't spend enough time in it. But when we fast, what we can do then is, is we can use the time that we would normally set aside for eating to set aside to come around the word of God. Skipping a meal eliminates the distractions and interruptions and enables us then to focus our attention upon the Lord. In every scriptural account, genuine fasting is linked with prayer. You can pray without fasting, but you cannot fast biblically without praying. And you might say, ah, oh, yeah, but in Esther, they called a fast, but it didn't say that they prayed. That's what Esther was saying, because she was about to go into the king and plead for her people. You can pray without fasting, but you can't fast biblically without praying. Fasting is an affirmation of intense prayer and a result of that desire to hear from God. You know, when, when Joe and I were getting ready to go into the ministry um, and we were praying about where the Lord wanted us, um, we obviously had a call um, to Bethany, and, but we also had a fight, and this is not, I'm not saying this to brag or in, in any way, shape, or form. Please don't think that. But we had about five churches asking us to consider going there to be the pastor. Um, and I'll be truthful with you, all the other offers were better than Bethany. One was on the coast, which came with a house on the beach. I know. Feel sorry for me. I spent the last 17 years here in this place. You know, one came with a really attractive salary. Um, really attractive. Bethany was quite quiet. We had water pouring in through everywhere that you could possibly imagine. When I came, there were buckets everywhere. Paint was flaking off the walls. They'd It was exciting. Every time we walked in through the door, it was exciting. But what we did, Joe and I prayed and fasted for months and months and months. Lord, where do you want us? And none of the other offers, as attractive as they were, we didn't have a piece about it. But every time we came into Bethany, it was as if the Lord said, this is it. This is where you need to be. It doesn't matter that there's nicer people in that church up the road I will cause you to love these people I'll give you that that's my grace and it's getting there I'll be honest it is some of you are growing on us most of you but that was that was uh, in truthfulness that was the first time Joe and I had ever fasted and prayed and I can honestly say this we sought the Lord's face. This wasn't a decision about, mm, which washing machine shall we buy? Shall we get a hot point or a Samson? This was, 
a life-changing decision. And we were like, Lord, we need you to guide us to the right place. Now, we feel like he guided us to the right place. You might not feel like he guided us to the right place. But we just fasted and prayed. And, you know, it wasn't kind of bringing attention to ourselves. Our focus was simply on the Lord. And it did. It honestly caused you to focus your mind upon the Lord. Jeremiah said, when they fast, I, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and oblation, I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. That's what happens when you don't fast properly. That's what happens when you don't pray properly. It is sinful when it's done to bring attention to yourself. Just because you're fasting doesn't mean you're going to gain God's attention. The heart has to be absolutely 100% right. Fasting has been practiced for various reasons throughout uh, history. Many ancient pagans believed that demons could enter the body through food. If you remember, the Lord even said that you know, does the body get defiled by what you put into it? So many people believed that a demon could enter the body by food, and they felt when they were under demonic attack that the more they fasted, the more they prevented evil spirits from gaining access to their bodies. Um, Buddha, when he got that final enlightenment, it was done through fasting. And the, the yogis of most Eastern religions and cults have always been committed to fasting for incredible periods of time and during that time they gain um, mystical visions in modern western society as we said earlier fasting has become popular for physical reasons you know intermittent fasting how you you shouldn't eat between the hours of six o'clock in the evening until 12 o'clock the next day let me tell you something that diet is not designed for baptists legitimate fasting always has a spiritual purpose legitimate fasting biblical fasting is done to better enable one to do their spiritual duties the idea that there's um, there's merit in fasting is not a biblical idea fasting must be connected to an important object or end otherwise it has no spiritual justification so when should a person fast um, the practice of fasting was to be done for special occasions. It was an extraordinary practice, not a routine. Um, fasting was not was to be spontaneous when some crisis or other important situation uh, developed. Nineveh fasted when Jonah went through and said, "In 40 days, Nineveh was gonna, is going to be destroyed." The whole city fasted in Jonah chapter three, and the nation uh, repented and got right with God. King Jehoshaphat proclaimed a national fast in Judah when they were threatened from attacks from the Moabites and the Ammonites in 2 Chronicles 20. From a human standpoint, they couldn't win. That was an unwinnable battle. But they fasted and they prayed. There was a crisis. They sought God's face. Um, Queen Esther, we mentioned earlier, and her servants and all the Jews in the capital city of Susa fasted for three full days before she went before the king to plead for uh, the Jews' lives. Ezra called for a fast when uh, he was in a momentous occasion of leading the people from Babylon back to Israel. And you see that in Ezra 8.21. 
Uh, fasting was appropriate during times of sorrow. When um, David uh, committed that sin with Bathsheba and the child was taken ill, David fasted while he pleaded for the infant's life. He fasted when Abner died in 2 Samuel 3.35. Nehemiah fasted when he heard about the condition of the wall. So you see that at the times when people fasted, they fasted when there was a crisis. They fasted when there was a problem. They fasted when there was a, a, an incredible decision to be made. Uh, fasting can be done when people are unwell. Uh, Psalm 35.13, but as for me... But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned unto my bosom. Fasting also accompanied the start of an important ministry. The Lord Jesus Christ himself fasted for 40 days in the wilderness before beginning his public ministry. The church fasted before sending out Paul and Silas. Um, biblical fasting is associated with crises, is associated when people are sick, is associated uh, with seeking uh, the will of God or when an urgent or important decision is to be made. In uh, an issue of Moody magazine, uh, it records a story of a, a guy by the name of Pastor Stephen Bly of Idaho. And he was fortunate to have witnessed the beauty of discipleship in one of his church members. Uh, Mr. Jensen was an 84-year-old widower who sat toward the back of the church. Uh, many perceived him as one who no longer had much to offer, but his pastor learned otherwise. On a visit to Mr. Jensen's house, Pastor Bly saw the old man's daily regime. This man spent two and a half hours in Bible study and prayer, followed by a three-mile walk where he conversed with God. He did this every single day. Lately, he'd been fasting for two meals a day and praying for the salvation of a boy called Anthony, a neighborhood teen who was good for little more than mischief. The pastor asked, how long have you been fasting and praying for him like that? Mr. Jensen replied, 40 days. How much longer will you continue, wondered the pastor. With a smile, he said, as long as it takes. On day 51... Anthony committed his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can fast when we're praying for our family to come to know the Lord as their Savior. How long would we do that for? How many meals would we be willing to give up so that we could seek the Lord's face in prayer for a soul to be saved? Fasting can be done when there's a difficult task at hand. Um, when the, we saw the case of someone who was demon-possessed, when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So we see the activity of fasting. We see what the purpose of fasting is. It, it's done when there's a crisis. It's done when there's sickness. It's done when there's a ministry to be considered. It's done when there's an important decision to make. It's done uh, you know, when we, we have a desire uh, to seek the Lord for the, the saving of souls. But then we see, we see the appearance of fasting. And first of all, we see the appearance of the hypocrite. Look at, uh, we look at verse 16 again. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrite of a sad countenance, 
for they disfigure uh, their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Jesus said, if you're going to fast, don't be like the hypocrites. They wanted everybody to know exactly what they were doing. They would walk around in public with a gloomy face. Do you ever notice anybody like that? Maybe somebody comes into church and they come in like this. And they just want you to say, what's the matter? Oh, what's wrong? Because you can't help but notice something is wrong. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They would fast in such a way that they would literally disfigure themselves. We know that the word hypocrite means a mask wearer. Uh, but it's also used here in the form where the Lord Jesus Christ said about they changed the countenance of their face. It can also mean that they, they made up their faces to make it look like they were gaunt or drawn. So that people would say, oh, what's the matter? They then had the opportunity to say, oh, well, I'm fasting. Oh, look how spiritual you are. Look how incredible you are. Look how wonderful you are. And the Lord said, don't be like the hypocrites. They had the appearance because they wanted everybody to know what the matter was. They wanted everybody to know that they were so spiritual, that they were so high and mighty, that they were so above everybody else that they looked differently. Well, what were they doing? They were drawing attention to themselves. Everything we do as believers in Christ, whether it's preaching the gospel, whether it's teaching in the Sunday school downstairs, whether it's teaching on a Friday night, whether it's leaving this place as believers in Christ, none of it is to draw attention to ourselves. Everything we do is to bring glory to him and point others to the Saviour. The hypocrites, when they fasted, weren't pointing people to God. They were pointing people to themselves. And the Lord said, that's, that's not good. That's not bringing God any kind of glory. Because, as we saw before, their reward is going to be a reward from heaven. Their reward is going to be a pat on the back from the men of earth. They had a sad countenance. That is a sad, gloomy, sullen look. Just desperate for people to say, what's the matter? What are you doing? It's a word that has a derivative to mean to look at. What it was is they had such a countenance that they wanted people to look at them. They wanted people to ask What's the matter with you? They wanted people to say, hey, what's going on? Why uh, do you look that way? They were advertising a false piousness, and they were seeking not glory for God, they were seeking glory for themselves from man. They would literally disfigure their faces. They would cause themselves to be unrecognizable by a change in appearance. Now, maybe they didn't do their morning ablutions. Maybe they didn't gel their hair. Maybe they didn't wash their face. Maybe they went out disheveled. And maybe they went out and they didn't look um, like they normally do. Have you ever knocked on someone's door and maybe caught them just at the wrong moment? People, when we come to church, we kind of look, or we try and look our best. You know, we make an effort. We come to church and we look nice. I remember years and years and years ago, late at night, somebody knocked on my door, and do you know what the first thing they said to me was? Oh, you're not in a suit. 
No. This might come as a shock to you, but I wear pajamas to bed. I don't go to bed dressed like this. I don't sit down in the house in a three-piece suit saying to Joe, darling, please pass the tea. That's not how we roll in our house. So I don't always look like this. So when we go out, we kind of make the effort. But what these were doing, they were making the effort, but in a negative sense. They were making themselves look a certain way. They were making themselves look disheveled. They were making themselves look to a, 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 an appearance so that people say, wow, they must be fasting. They look gaunt. They look like they haven't had a meal. They look like, you know, there's bags under their eyes. And they, they did that so they could draw attention to themselves. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplace and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. They did all of this, these hypocrites, so they could be praised by men. Our purpose as believers in Christ is not to receive any praise from man. Our purpose as believers in Christ is to always give glory to God. When we do things to draw attention to ourselves, God is not impressed. If we take part in the ministry because we want the limelight, God's not impressed. If we do something to draw attention to us, God's not impressed. And God will not bless that kind of service. So what about the appearance of the sincere? Those who are not hypocrites. Christ says, but when thou fastest, anoint thy head, wash thy face, that thou appear unto men not under fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. Christ said those who truly fast should do the opposite. So it doesn't even look like they're fasting. It doesn't even look like they're doing anything. They look absolutely normal. So if, if they made an effort to go to the synagogue when they were fasting, guess what? They would make exactly the same effort to make sure that they were dressed the right way, to make sure that their hair was done, to make sure uh, that their face was washed. Anointing the head and washing the face was the everyday normal um, hygiene of people in biblical times. It's literally like we would say doing your ablutions, washing your, 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 your face, combing your hair or... Um, whatever we would do today. That's what they would do. They would have a, an acceptable appearance. We're not to go around with gloomy faces so people say, oh, what's the matter? Keeping our outward appearance normal would conceal any extra religious exercise. If we are fasting, it's not to be done to draw attention to ourselves. It's to be done for us to be more intimate with the Lord and to glorify him it's exactly the same thing that the Lord was saying about giving arms as privately as possible this order to appear normal when fasting must not be confused as deception like the Pharisees the Pharisees were doing it to deceive people into thinking that they were spiritual but the Lord is saying when you do it you make sure you look absolutely normal on the outside because God sees what's on your heart. There's a vast difference between deception 
and keeping your, your pious acts such as praying and, and, and fasting private so only God can see it. By fasting, we show the Lord our, our eagerness. We show him our dedication. We show him that we're serious. You know, when we really seek in the Lord's face, when we really have a decision to make that, maybe it's a life-changer decision, maybe it's a decision uh, to go into a ministry, maybe it's a decision to move to a different country, maybe it's a decision um, to, to spend the rest of your life with somebody, maybe it's a decision uh, that you're going to make in work that's going to literally change your life. And that's not something we should ever enter into lightly. But when we're fasting, we kind of show in the Lord, look, I am serious about receiving your blessing upon this, about your direction upon this, because I don't want to make a mistake. We show our commitment to him, not to bring attention to ourselves, not for people to say, oh, you want to you go and check that couple out, you know, they're the ones that have got their finger on the pulse. It's not to do that, to bring attention to ourselves publicly. Fasting is a private matter between you and the Lord. I know I, we, we kind of did it a couple of years ago when we were praying for loved ones and we said about uh, after a Wednesday night we said we'd, we'd all fast on a Thursday and then I was really convicted by it because all of those that were fasting I kind of put in a really difficult position because we kind of all knew who was fasting <laughs> and then it basically said, oh no, when you fast you shouldn't tell anybody you're fasting and then on a Wednesday night you're like, right, everybody fast tomorrow but when we fast, it's not a public thing for us to tell everybody what we're doing. It's simply something between us and the Lord. When the Ninevites fasted and prayed, they fasted and prayed with God in mind, and they were appealing to God for mercy. Jonah was preaching a message of destruction. They fasted and prayed and asked the, the Lord for a touch of mercy. Biblical fasting, prayer, and repentance comes from the right heart. Joel 2 says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of evil. It's all about the heart being right when we fast. And then finally, we see the award. The award of the hypocrite, the Lord said, um, you know, when they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men and to fast, they have their reward. Uh, the, the award of the hypocrite, the word have is a one-off payment. That means that that's it. When men say, oh, good job, everybody, for fasting, you are so spiritual, that's their reward. And they will not get another one. Uh, the Lord says, verily I send you, they have their reward. The word verily emphasizes the, the greatness uh, or the extreme of their poverty in terms of that reward. That reward doesn't last. Uh, as much as we might want somebody to say to us, oh, good job on doing that, good job, you know, on, on cleaning the church, on doing the coffees, on teaching in Sunday school, on helping with the ministry, good job. That's not the purpose that people do that. 
The purpose of doing that is literally serving the Lord in even the smallest way so that he gets the glory. So what about the award of those who are sincere? The Lord said, when you fast, your father seeth in secret, and he that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. God's promise for secretly seeking his face is the fact that our reward comes from him. What would we rather have? Would we rather have the accolades of men or would we rather have the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful to me in the little things. What are the little things? Our Bible reading, our praying, our church attendance, our witnessing, our fasting. God has a reward for us in the way in which we serve him now as believers. One day we'll all appear before the beamer seat. We'll appear before Christ's beamer seat. And he will award us in accordance with how we've lived our lives as believers. And I truly believe that there'll not only be rewards at the beamer seat, I think there'll be rebukes as well. Because the Lord says that all tears are going to be wiped away. I, I think we'll notice our missed opportunities, the times that we weren't in our place when we should have been, the times that we missed the opportunity to witness when the Lord was prodding us to. But I would much rather have the Lord's reward than the praise of men. Because the praise of men lasts for a moment. You know, I um, was fr- friendly with a, with a pastor in the States and the church he was in, oh, they loved him. Um, oh, you're the best pastor we've ever had. You were amazing. You were great. This, you know, this church is always going to be behind you. Those same people that said how much they loved him and would do anything for him were the same people that were telling him to get out just months later. It doesn't take much. People are fickle. You can have the praise of men one minute, and the next minute you're being stabbed in the back by the same people who praise you unconditionally. I would much rather have his reward than men's reward. Fasting is not something that we kind of do today. Um, And I think it's something that each of us should do because it helps when it comes to seeking the Lord's face in prayer. I'm not talking about fasting so that we can all be, yeah, let's intermittent fast and lose weight. Let's fast so we can seek the Lord's face. Now, does that mean that we have to fast food? No. You can fast from the TV. You can fast from probably the, the biggest set of handcuffs Steve Jobs has ever created. How many times do we spend, how many hours do we spend on these devices? Hours. We can fast from using our phones. We can fast from you know, our favorite TV programs. But we can fast from food. But we can use that time to focus on the Lord. We can use that time to spend in his presence. And we can use that time seeking his face. Not for our glory. Not for people to say, hey, good job, super saint. But for God's glory. And God who sees in secret 
will reward thee openly. But when does he reward us openly? At the beam of seat. When everybody will be able to see what's taken place in our lives as believers. Maybe you've got a decision to make. Maybe there is a decision to make that you think, how on earth are we going to do this? And try fasting and praying about it. I mean, seriously seeking the Lord's face. Maybe you've been praying for a loved one and you think there is absolutely no chance in this world they are ever going to come to know the Lord. Then fast and pray. Seek God's face. Give up. Give up a meal a day. And just pray for them during that time that you would normally have that meal. Give up a night then. Maybe you can't survive the day without coffee. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I was just about to say fast coffee, but let me say something else instead. Um, give up something that, that means something to you and use that time to seek the Lord's face. And pray for that lost loved one. Pray for that decision you, you've got to make. Pray for that relationship that may be um, broken. Pray and fast and seek God's face. And the Bible says that the Lord who sees in secret will one day reward us openly. Father, we thank you again for this day, for this time together, and for this opportunity to gather around you a word. Lord, we pray tonight that you would just continue to speak to our hearts. Lord, maybe there's somebody here tonight that has an incredibly tough decision to make, Lord, and they don't know what to do and which way to turn and uh, how to even go about making that decision. Well, I, I pray tonight maybe they'd consider the possibility of fasting and praying about it. Maybe it's something in work. Maybe it's something at home. Maybe it's a lost loved one. Uh, maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a health issue. Whatever it may be, Lord. Maybe it's for the revival of our own walk with you, the revival of uh, the church here at Bethany, the revival uh, of these Welsh valleys in which we live. Maybe the church should come back to biblical basics and fast and pray and seek you a faith. And then we might see you do great and wonderful things. Father, we just pray you continue to speak to our hearts. We pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, before...